What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. I have good news for Wizards fans. Um, The Wizards are better than the Orlando Magic right now. Um, The Wizards beat the Magic 131 to 116 in a game that wasn't really close at all. Um, The Wizards on the bright side finally got um, Bradley Beal back and they got Rui back. Um, which is a good thing to see. Um, it's good to kind of ease them back in in a game like this. No offense to the Magic, but um, yeah, they're not good. Um, so the Wizards improved their record to 18-32, while the Magic dropped to 17-34. and um, Yeah, like back to what I was saying, this game wasn't really close. Um, the Wizards had above a 75% chance to win the game per ESPN from about a minute and 40 seconds left in the second quarter. Um, so just not really a competitive game at all. Um, I mean, like the Magic made a little bit of a comeback at one point, but like, again, there was one probability never dropped below 75% in the last 25 minutes of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Magic, so they obviously just traded away Aaron Gordon. They just traded away um, Nikola um, Vucevic, and they just traded away um, and Fournier, who are like clearly the three best guys um, who are available. Um, they actually got back some pieces that aren't terrible, um, but um, <laughs> the pieces that they got back, like like their four best players, didn't play in this game. Um, like so, Otto Porter, Gary Harris, um, who are the other guys I'm thinking of? Otto Porter, Gary Harris. Who else did they get back in those trades? Um, I can't. I <laughs> it's too new of a team. Um, Otto Porter, Gary Harris, and someone else. I don't know. I'll figure it out at some point. Um, but the Magic, we're not good. Oh, the, I'm not thinking the guys that are traded. I'm thinking the guys that are injured. So Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz, those are probably their four best guys on their roster right now. And none of them played in this game. So obviously an Orlando Magic team that's already trying to tank without their four best guys um, is not going to be the best team in the world. Um, so just looking at the um, 
magic um, season stats. Um, coming into this game, their, win different, or their point differential is minus 6.4, which is good for 26th in the league. Um, their offense is offense rating was 106.4, um, 28th in the league, which is 28th in the league. And their defense rating is 112.8, which is 15th in the league. Um, Steve Clifford is actually consistently a really good defensive coach. Um, but also keep in mind, most of these stats are with Fournier, um, Gordon, and Vucevic um, because they did just get recently uh, moved. Um, looking at the four factors overview type of stuff for this game, uh, when I pulled up, the Wizards' offensive rating was actually insane. Um, it was 135.1, which is in the 96th percentile. Um, their effective field goal percentage was in the 98th percentile. Um, so just high-level shot-making, but a lot of it was because um, just playing against this young Magic team, their defense just wasn't really all that there. Um, the Magic offense actually performed pretty well um, with an offense rating of 120.8, good for the 74th percentile. Um, they did that on average effective field goal percentage, but um, they didn't turn the ball over. Um, they actually got a lot of offensive rebounds, which is kind of weird. Um, it kind of goes against what Steve Clifford normally likes to do, which is just kind of bring all his guys back on defense. Um, but I don't know if like it's kind of part of the thing where it's like guys that aren't playing that much um, and guys that just like are new to the scheme. Um, or I mean, also like at the same time, like some rebounding is just luck based um, where the ball just happens to bounce off the rim a certain way right back to a guy. Like that happened a couple of times, like on that big one of the big Terrence Ross dunks. Um, the ball just happened to bounce right back to him after a flyby contest um, and you know, he could just got the, like, that's not really on anyone. It like that. It's just, you know, how rebounding works sometimes. Um, and neither of these teams got to line that much. Um, so looking over some of the individual box score stuff, um, Bradley Beal in his first game back had 26 points was plus 18 in 30 minutes. Um, he scored those 26 points on 19 shooting possessions, um, four for six from three. So really, really efficient after him. Um, other guy who came back, um, was Rui. Um, Rui had nine points plus 12, um, not his best night, those nine points coming on 11 shooting possessions. Um, but like usually um, when you come back um, from a little bit of an injury, the game's going to look more like that than the game that Bradley Beal had, um, which was really efficient, um, scored a lot of points in a short amount of time. Um, so, you know, that's kind of to be expected from Rui. Like, I'm not really disappointed. Like, he wasn't as aggressive as he was before the injury. But like, again, he's just coming back from um, shoulder soreness. So, you know, not really much evaluation you can make off of that. Um, Westbrook had a Westbrook-ish like game, um, except for the fact that he was really, really efficient. Um, he scored 23 points on 13 shooting possessions, um, which is really, really awesome. Um, part of that is because he did make, he was three for three from three, which is not, you know, something that you could expect at all, but 23 points, 15 assists, 14 rebounds, um, didn't really do anything like egregiously bad. Um, you know, so that's pretty much, well, didn't do anything egregiously bad on the offensive end. Um, I might talk about the defense at some point, um, but one of the big positives in this game was Denny Avdia. Um, he had 16 points plus 19, um, which was the highest out of any wizard. Um, he played 30 minutes in this game, um, six to 10 from the field, four of seven from three. Um, and part of the reason four of seven is so important is because like Denny Avdia has been really, really slumping um, from three over the past, like however long. Um, well, like after the first, like the first month of the season, he was shooting well. And then I think I can actually pull it up on cleaning the glass, like his rolling um, three point average. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Um, hmm. I know there's a way to do it. Shot chart. Shooting accuracy. Yeah, okay, I can't figure it out. But there's, there's, oh, trends. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Trends, trends, trends. I don't want to see game score. I want to see three-point percentage. Okay, so at the beginning of the year, um, obvious three-point percentage was super, super high. Um, you can see a dip right around February. Um, it started to really, really dip below, um, 
positional average. Um, it dipped above positional average um, early in March, and then it dipped right below positional average again. Um, and right now, it's at the lowest it's ever been, or right around all season. Um, to see, so to see him have a game like this is pretty positive. Um, he's still like his rolling average, his ten game rolling average, still pretty far below his season average at this point, um, which is not always a great thing. Um, but to have this kind of game is super super positive. Um, so hopefully, we'll get his confidence back. Like part of the shooting is like. Obviously, a lot of it's like mechanics and the work you put in, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but part of it is just confidence mentality um, for him to get that, especially for a young player. He's like, what, 20? Um, I actually think Cleveland Glass tells you how old he is. What a, He's 20.2 years old. Um, so, you know, for a kid to be that young, um, it is good to kind of have that one game, um, you know, against a weaker opponent where you can kind of um, get your confidence back. And, like, shooting is going to be a big part of Obdi's future. Um, shooting has, like, it was one of the big questions about him coming in the draft. Um, he shot it decently over at Maccabi Tel Aviv, um, but like his free throw percentage was like in the 50s or like low 60s or something. So um, the shooting is a big question. Um, his shooting this season has been great, but again, having a game like this is a positive sign. Hopefully, it carries um, over to the future. Um, Bertans also had a good shooting game. He was six of 11 from three, um, which is ridiculous um that's not always going to continue but a lot of that was just from getting open looks but obviously like even if you're open you can't expect someone to make six of 11 three so part of that was just shooting variants um and robin lopez um 19 points nine of 11 from the field um the magic don't really particularly have any great defensive bigs in the post like i like um wendell carter's um potential as a center um just defensively with his like i think he can move his feet on the perimeter um i think he can actually be an interesting guy he has pretty long arms um but just defending the post i don't think he's really there yet um and then also like obviously mo bamba can really get pushed around in the post um so those 19 points coming against like not great post defenders but obviously it's always fun to watch robin lopez in the post um you know with his you know hook shot and everything but yeah really good game from him um and I'll talk about some of the shooting stuff later. Um, but just going through the Maver or Magic guys, um, Wendell Carter, 15 points, but minus 17 on the night. Um, Michael Carter-Williams, 13 points. Um, Mo Bamba had 19 points. I think they said that was his career high. Um, he hilariously hit like three threes, um, but he like he did not look comfortable in the post, didn't really look comfortable around the rim with the defender in front of him. Um, he's just too skinny right now. Like He really, really needs to you know get um, in the weight room and put on a lot of muscle. Um, like just his lower body strength in particular, um, it's like in his core strength, there are like two things that, um, he just really obviously has to work on. Um, but he's still pretty young. Um, he has time. What's this? His third year in the league. Um, so he's kind of getting to that inflection point where, you know, he's going to either be something or he won't. Um, and right now he's kind of leaning towards won't, um, just, you know, cause of how skinny he is, um, is really, really kind of limiting um, his ability as a center. But if that three-point shot comes along, he does get uh, more interesting. Um, but that's just not a giant part of his game. Um, Terrence Ross at 24 points um, off the bench. He was still minus 16. Um, 9 to 16 from the field, 5 to 6 at the line. So 24 points coming on 19 shooting possessions. So that's pretty good. Um, OJ Hampton at 14. Um, Colin Thane at 13. Like the, Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about the Magic super quick. Um, so obviously they made those trades. I think that you have to give them a lot of credit um for making those trades like they're it's kind of like their hand was forced obviously with the injuries to um jonathan isaac um the injury to marco fultz um obviously like they weren't playing well with all their guys and then aaron gordon requested a trade um evan fournier didn't look like he was going to resign so like you kind of had to trade those two guys and then once you trade those two guys it's like well why is vucevic here um but i think like getting two picks for him plus um you know auto porter i think that's a pretty good package um 
But like that's a good return for Nikola Vucevic, who I didn't think would really get more than just a first or like one first. Um, so I like I really like that move for them. And you do always have to give the organization credit for you know like it's a hard thing to do to just like blow your team up, um, especially like it's been a hard thing for the Magic to do for the past five years when they're just a perennial um, eighth seed. Um, so again, like I give them credit for making that move. Um, you know, just going into full on tank mode, trying to rebuild through the draft, like. At the end of the day, it's the right move for, their, for their, the future of their organization. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely do respect on um, their decision. But right now, it's going to it's gonna be really ugly. Um, I kind of feel for Steve Clifford because I think Steve Clifford is just a super, super high-level coach. Um, I think he's really, really good at coaching defense. Um, and, like, he's made, like, a lot of these teams competitive that really, like, have no business being, like, super, super as competitive as they are, I guess. Um, and, like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Steve Clifford's awesome. Um, just not... A good team at all like this this has to be the worst roster in the league right now without like those four guys um by far like who like the cavaliers have been really struggling but their roster is definitely better with like at least they have like sexton garland love a coral like at least some like larry nance like some guys to work around like i mean like obviously the timberwolves now with carlton towns back or have a better roster like and like those are the weakest teams in the league um probably besides the magic so I guess like the Pistons, the Pistons at least have like Jeremy Grant. Um, so yeah, Steve Clifford, I feel bad for him. Um, but I do want to talk about some of the shooting stuff um, first. Um, so the Wizards shot nine of nineteen of thirty six from three, which is fifty two point eight percent. Which you probably should have expected. Like if you like say like they make only fifteen threes, which would be fifteen to thirty six, which is um, like just above like what's that like thirty seven percent ish, um, thirty seven, thirty eight. I don't know something like that. Um, then all of a sudden, that's 12 less points, and all of a sudden, this game is a little bit closer. Um, so some of the shooting stuff did kind of benefit the Wizards. Like, the, the Magic were 12 of 31, which is 38.7%, which is probably cl- close to what you'd expect, maybe one, three higher. Um, and the Magic were also 16 of 23 from the free throw line, um, which is 69.6%, while the Wizards were 14 of 16, um, which is 87.5. So, you know, the Wizards missed, like, two, one or two more free throws. Um, I guess one would be about what you'd expect, and they missed, like, you know, four more threes, um, then all of a sudden that's giving back, um, 13 points. And then like, they only won by 15 points, you know, you kind of, kind of getting a little closer, but obviously the Wiz did take their foot off the gas late in the game. Um, so part of it, like, you can't just go by that. Um, but you know, it's, some of the shooting stuff, like, is just not sustainable. Um, like Denny Avdia going four for seven from three, um, not sustainable. Um, Beal four for six, Westbrook three of three, um, Breton six of 11. Um, none of that stuff is particularly sustainable at all. Um, so that's kind of one thing to watch out for, um, just in a game like this. Um, you know, you have to kind of be able to add some variability into your offense besides, um, just, you know, getting hot one night and hitting a bunch of threes. Um, just to go over the, um, shot chart stuff. Um, the wizards did also get to the paint a lot. Um, well, a decent amount. They got there 20 times. Um, so just looking at um, the rim frequency, I guess that's 27% of the shots. That's not a big amount, um, but they did shoot a lot um, in the short mid area. And they, they did shoot a lot of threes, um, which is a good thing if you're making that many. Um, but 13 to 20 from around the rim. Um, again, I would like to see that number higher. Um, the Magic shot 30 shots around the rim, um, and they didn't shoot it that efficiently. Um, part of it is because like their play finishers aren't great. Like I talked about, um, mobile before like but even like you know basically everyone else on the team like no one's really really that high level of finisher on this Orlando Magic squad um but yeah like would I love to see Westbrook get to the paint more often like yeah I don't think he attacked enough he got to um and he got five shots inside the paint which is actually pretty there are five shots inside the restricted area which is a good number um but especially against his team with his personnel like you know like guys like like if 
if Westbrook has Cole Anthony on him, like, I don't think Cole Anthony can guard Russell Westbrook. Like, I don't think um, RJ Hampton has a shot at guarding Russell Westbrook. Like, even, like, a switch on to Terrence Ross, um, I don't think he has a shot. Like, the only guy, like, Michael Carter-Williams, um, but he was mostly matched up on Bradley Beal. And then, like, Dwayne Bacon, I don't think Dwayne Bacon can guard Russell Westbrook. Like, Russell Westbrook should be able to pretty easily take these guys to the rim. And then, like, they don't really have great rim protectors. Like, Mo Bamba's really, really long, but, like, I don't think he's that good of a rim protector um, right this second just because I don't think he really, really knows what he's doing. Um, Wendell Carter, I think he's fine, but, like, and Wendell Carter's still, you know, I think Wendell Carter's a smart player, but um, I think he is still getting stronger. He's still working on his body, like, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, this would have been a game that I would have loved to see the Wizards just relentlessly kill the magic in the paint. Um, but, uh, I mean, they did it on the perimeter, which, you know, is fine. Um, I do want to look at Bradley Beal. Um, he's got six shots at the rim. Like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, Dwayne Bacon matched up on him a lot. Like, even like Michael Carter-Williams. Um, but Beal can take those guys to the rim. Um, but Beal was just super efficient all over the court tonight. Um, so that's a really, really welcome sight to see um, in his first game back. Um Something I definitely want to talk about is like part of the magic. Um, a lot of times, their ball screen defense, um, usually when Mo Bamba wasn't on the floor and when Wendell Carter was on the floor, um, was that they were blitzing ball screens. Um, I thought that was a smart coverage um, because like the Wizards, like they have struggled against blitzes in the past, especially when teams blitz Bradley Beal. Um, just because I don't think Beal is a great passer out of those blitzes. Um, the Wizards don't have any big that can work in the short roll, but also like the slips aren't fast enough um, on the ball screens after it. And just like the ball movement right afterwards isn't quick enough to really punish the defense and like force them into a full rotation. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so the Wizards, um, when they got blitzed, I don't think they look great. Um, like, Again, like usually, like if you get blitzed, um, just hit the short roller right away, or just like swing the ball, or hit that weak side corner. Because if they blitz, then the weak side corner guy is going to have to tag the roller. Um, so you know that that's going to be wide open. So that should be you know one of the first reads you make. Um, part of it is kind of just putting someone in the weak side corner that it's hard to help off of, like you know, um, Bertans or Garrison Matthews and. Just a quick aside, Garrison Matthews needs to play more. He only played like 15 minutes in this game. That's not enough. That's not even close to enough. Um, he's, I think he's so valuable um, to what the Wizards want to do on offense um, in terms of floor spacing, like in terms of helping Westbrook and Beal. Um, I think he's super, super important, and I think he needs to play more. Um, but anyways, back to, the, back to the blitzing thing. Like The ball movement just has to be better. Um, the centers have to be better at like, catching the ball, turning, looking at like, the first read should be to turn and to look at the weak side corner. Um, if the weak side corner guy, or if the weak side um, slot rotates over to the weak side corner, then that the slot guy should be wide open. Like one of those two guys should be, it's really, really hard to blitz a ball screen um, against a team that can really, really move the ball. Um, like it, the Wizards should have an easier time against that coverage. Um, and they consistently struggle against it. Um, and it's kind of confusing that like Scott Brooks, like, like, and they've been seeing this for a while. Like ever since like Bradley Beal came out um, at the beginning of the season, like really, really on fire. Um, Teams have been doing it more and more and more. Um, and they even did it this game against Neto a couple times. Like, he got bothered by it. They did it against Westbrook a couple times. He got bothered by it. Like, we should know better by now. Like, it's been a coverage that we've seen a lot. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit frustrating to see. But obviously, like, it didn't really hurt them that much in this game. Um, a couple times they did um, make a couple good plays um, just in terms of ball movement or cutting. Um, so that's always good to see. Um, but, you know, we'll kind of see that carries over when teams really, really blitz um, Bradley Beal in the future, um, probably more high-level games. Um yeah, I'm trying to think about what else I want to talk about. Um, I want to see how far into this I am. Okay, 17 minutes. Um, that wasn't a very good game. I will, I'll just go through my notes um, and then end it. I've been trying to make these podcasts a little bit shorter, um, you know, just to um, 
because like who really wants to listen to half an hour based on one game um so yeah that's that's kind of been a goal of mine um in the uh oh i there are a couple line of things i want to talk about um first of all ish smith should never be playing next to russ westbrook it makes no sense ish smith if neto beal and smith are out of the game or neto beal and westbrook are out of the game then smith should be in the game um i'll advocate for that but if one of those three guys are in the game we really really don't need ish smith like maybe if it's just bradley beal um you want ish smith to kind of be setting setting the table for bradley beal that's fine um but besides that like Russell Westbrook, if he's in the game, he needs the ball in his hands. Um, especially if he's in the game and Bradley Beal is not in the game, it should be in Russell Westbrook's hands every play. Um, him creating in high ball screens um, or just, you know, whatever other action. Like, there's no reason for Ishmith to be out there because Russell Westbrook isn't necessarily a threat off the ball. Ishmith isn't a threat off the ball. Um, Ishmith is best with the ball in his hands. So is Westbrook. Um, and Westbrook is a more of a threat with the ball in his hands than Ishmith, obviously. Um, so, you know, Ishmith's playing 14 minutes. Like, a lot of those minutes with um Neto and Beal and um Westbrook like it doesn't make sense um so you know that's kind of my take um I also like that Hutchison didn't play in this game um because he has not been good um I expected him to kind of be like not really a rotation player um I was a little frustrated um in the first few games but I guess like my assessment now is that there's probably just kind of like a feeling him out like testing him to see if he will be in the rotation and he kind of played his way out of it um so if that's the case then I think that that was actually pretty good um I'll take back the negative things I said about Scott Brooks putting him in putting him in the games um and I think that makes sense um but I, also like Anthony Gill played four minutes and was not good at all um like Anthony Gill at center, he's just not big enough um, to really be a small ball five. Um, he doesn't provide any rim protection, not a great rebounder. Um, so, you know, it's kind of tough in that situation um, for him to, like, he's really, really more of a four. Um, yeah, also, Cassius Winston got some minutes at the end of the game. It's always fun to see. Um, and obviously, Jerome Robinson didn't play. Um, I do have to shout out a couple guys for the Magic. Um, Chase on Randall, former Wizard. Um, he started a few games this season just because the Magic have been so light on players. Like, when Cole Anthony missed a bunch of games, like, um, Chase on Randall um, was a starter a little bit. Um, but yeah, he can't, he played two minutes. Um, you know, good for him. Um, and Devin Kennedy, um, who was the MVP of the G League Finals, um, played in this game. Um, so I always, I'm really happy to see like those G League guys get caught up and get, you know, opportunities in the NBA. Um, that always makes me happy. Um, so shout out to him. Um, and yeah, I'll go over, um, I'll go over my notes and then that'll be that for this, um, episode. Um, the first thing I wrote is that Beal opens up everything. Having someone that can create their own shot, um, and create their own consistent offense is really huge for this offense, um, which is true. That's kind of what they struggled with. They didn't really have a guy that could consistently create their own um you know efficient offense um and having Beal in that role um obviously really really helps his team um this offense was so painful to watch the past few games I'm so happy Beal is back uh, I wrote in my notes Westbrook's one of the worst defenders I've ever seen I'll touch on it for a second here because this game wasn't like super super close um but Westbrook is so bad at getting around ball screens like definitely watch for that next time you watch the Wizards play um watch Westbrook try to get around a ball screen um and then recover to his man it's it, it hurts my soul because like I don't know um yeah, so just, you know, watch for that. Um, I talked about magic blitzing ball screens. Um, I wrote in my notes, defense is a lot easier when you can go under screens, which is what you can do against, like, basically other guys like Michael Carter-Williams, um, Chumo Kiki, James Ennis. Um, pretty much everyone on this, like, even, like, Cole Anthony, they're going under a lot of screens. Um, RJ Hampton, you can go under screens. Everyone besides Terrence Ross, pretty much, that would be handling the ball. Um, you can go under screen against them, um, and that does make your life a lot easier as a defensive player. Um, where you're not really, you know, <laughs> having to work. I wrote that after watching Westbrook go under a couple screens. Um, but again, like, that's great. It makes his life easier. Um, allows him to, you know, exert a little more energy on offense. That's always a good thing. Um, oh, yeah, I wrote in my notes. Wizards 
um, put Russ on Bamba. And honestly, I think it's a really good adjustment. And I thought that was a really good adjustment. Like Russell Westbrook is actually a pretty solid post defender. That's probably the area where he's most competent on defense is post defense um, because he has a he's really, really strong. Um, and he can really get into guys, like push them out of the post, um, you know, in that area. And just like, even if it's like an actual good post player, he can buy enough time. Like, and he's also pretty good at fronting the post. Like he can buy enough time to allow for like weeks that help to come. Um, so I actually like Westbrook as a post defender. Um, and, you know, Bamba is just not strong enough. Like Bamba is not stronger than Westbrook. Westbrook just completely po- pushed him out of the post. Like they weren't even looking to throw the ball into the post for Bamba to attack, um, a potential mismatch. Like it wasn't a mismatch. Like I thought that was a really, really smart, um, especially just to hide Westbrook. And then like, if they set a high ball screen with Bamba, they would just switch it. Like I thought that was awesome. Um, you know, that's the kind of smart stuff I do like to see, um, in the NBA. Um, <laughs> I wrote in my notes that Magic have no NBA rotation level depth outside of Terrence Ross, which is true. Like to bring Kem Birch, um, Mo Bamba, Chase on Randall, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, and Devin Kennedy are not particularly NBA level rotation players. Um, some of them obviously are like like Bamba, um, Anthony, and RJ Hampton. Obviously have time to develop, but they're not NBA level rotation players yet. Um, so yeah, it's really tough to win. Um, oh, I wrote my notes in the first quarter. Wizards are playing ish. Russ and Bertans at the same time, and they're just getting lit up because those three are getting lost on defense all the time. Um, yeah, not a great defensive unit. Um, Wizards are doing a lot of switching um, with tons of bad defenders. Um, at the time, I thought it didn't make sense, but the more I thought about it, it's like if your on-ball defenders aren't good anyways, you might as well switch it because you're switching a bad defender with another bad defender, and it's not like you're giving up anything more. Um, so actually, I actually like that adjustment, thinking about it more. Um, oh, Rui made one really good pass. Um, kind of like a skip to the weak side um, after um, the Magic blitzed the ball screen. Um, and then Garrison Matthews hit it in open three. Um, so that was pretty promising um, because, you know, some of that passing stuff um, is the kind of stuff that Rui still has to work on. Um, <laughs> I wrote, it's confusing as to why Ish plays so much. Um, Wizards don't know how to handle the pick and pop, but like Wendell Carter shooting threes isn't the end of the world. Um, but I'll definitely be interested to see how they look against, you know, future teams that run pick and pops. Um, talked about um, blitzing pick and rolls. Oh my god, <laughs> that one monster dunk from Terrence Ross, the Wizards switched a pin down, like Beal was on Ross, um, they set a pin down with their center, I don't remember exactly who it was, it was either Bamba or Carter, I would assume, um, and for some reason they switched Robin Lopez on to Terrence Ross on the perimeter after that pin down, um, which didn't make any sense to begin with, and then Terrence Ross just obviously like so easily blew by him, um, the guy in um, help was... Um, Bertans, Bertans should have taken one more step up. Instead, he just tried to jump straight up with Terrence Ross, and obviously it didn't end well. Um, sorry, Bertans. Um, <laughs> in the third quarter, the only note I wrote was Magic are just not good. A lot of their defensive rotations are way off because of these young guys that are playing, um, which is true. Um, you know, that's kind of the story with young guys. Like, a lot of, like, RJ Hampton obviously played with, in New Zealand, um, so he was kind of playing a more pro-level scheme. But, like, Cole Anthony at um, UNC is not particularly playing a super, super high pro-level scheme, um, you know, as, like, any college guys are. Um, you know, same thing with, like, Mo Bamba at Texas. Um, but, I mean, he's been in the NBA for three years at this point, but, like, still, like, Chumo Kiki at Auburn, um, not particularly playing the most high-level scheme, especially with, like, Jared Harper and, you know, those other guards um, as <laughs> guards um, trying to defend pick and rolls. Um, yeah, but anyways, um, I wrote my, like, in the fourth quarter, I wrote, I've counted three times where Bertans has made a three because Ross was guarding him and just not engaged at all off the ball defensively, um, which is helpful when Terrence Ross is guarding you um, and you're a shooter like that. Um, but if you're Terrence Ross, like, come on, like, <laughs> you can't just give your guy, like, that many, like, you just have to deny him. You don't even have to help. Like, you don't have help responsibilities if you're guarding someone like that. Your goal is just to face guard them. Um, so if anything, his life should have been easier, um, but he was just falling asleep. Um, 
Obama hit a couple threes, blah, blah, blah. Talked about that. Um, as much as Ross's shot making has been in, helped him in this game, he's consistently making defensive mistakes. Um, kind of the story with some of those guys, which is why like guys like Terrence Ross are really hard to scale to championship-level teams. Um, kind of how they end up on the Magic for like $15 million a year. Um, you know, these lower-level teams that could really use him in the regular season but then like aren't really high-level playoff teams, so they don't get burned by having him in the rotation in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's tough with some of those guys. Um, oh, and then the one thing I will talk about, last thing, um, Magic ran an interesting ATL. It was like kind of like a post, it looked like a post split, um, but it was like a Ricky or wiper action where like um, it was a flare screen, but then they came back and used it as a um, pin down. Um, and then Terrence, the Wizards actually defended well. I think it was Beal got around the screen well um, to guard Terrence Ross and just, you know, kill the action. Um, but I like that play call um, from the Magic. And yeah, that's, that's all I got. Um, the next Wizards game, I think, is pretty late at night. Um, I don't, it's either against the Warriors or the Suns, I believe. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.